to another episode of The Inquisitive Analyst. I'm your host, Marcus Udekang. And of course, it's the show where we chat about business analysis and project management topics. And of course, the challenges and triumphs within those fields. It's inspiring, it's informative, and of course, most of all, it's very much inquisitive. My guest today is founder and director of Agora Insights Limited, a training, mentoring, and consulting service provider for business analysts and business architects. She also has a background in facilitating business process improvement, and business architecture. So please help me welcome to today's show from Christchurch, New Zealand, Deidre Karen. Welcome, Deidre. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for having me. It's great. You're very welcome. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> okay, I've got a few questions for you as usual, uh, mm. as I do for, for my guests. So I thought uh, we'd start by asking how you got to where you are today. Like what drove you into business analysis as a career? Well, I think I've, I've got a story that's very similar to many people who've been in the industry for a long time, um, where you kind of get morphed into it, and uh, there was no real massive plan. I started my career doing um, SAP, or SAP administration, yeah. and, uh, you know, there was a lot of change happening in the systems, there was lots of integrations going on, and so, you know, we did, a, there were a couple of tests done here and there, and this must have been about 99 already, or 2000, so sometime back, and um, they were bringing out um, ARIS modeling um, to work, you know, with your SAP systems and have process designs and and so forth, and they use this term business analyst. <laughs> Who and I was told, well, can you please just go and talk to a whole lot of people and find out what they do? Um, so it was really quite an unusual situation to be in. Um, and I just thought, oh well, you know, give it a go. Uh, <laughs> and um, I suppose the rest is history. And and the history is quite long and and complicated in terms of how my journey has flown from, you know, there have been ebbs and flows as we go through it. But um, business analysis kind of arrived and we started bringing change into organizations. So it, it started for me from more of a systems and training perspective. So we were training people as well as drawing up these processes and looking at the requirements. Um, and then it kind of started moving into something else completely so yeah that's my background nice, nice <laughs> fascinating yeah i remember those sap days and and i i worked a bit a tiny bit with Aris, so i had a bit of an idea of what it does mm -hmm. um but yeah it's definitely definitely yeah, absolutely fascinating software so traditionally business analysts you know we're, we're considered change agents we're really facilitators mm -hmm. or conduits of change so what type of change really occurred with you transitioning from a business analyst into business architecture first and what's the main what's really the main focus of business architecture mm. so when when you're a business analyst you are almost you know deep in the field and you are part of a project that's already been decided and uh, you are working with a whole group of different people um, coming up with parts of the solution. And yes, you are the conduit of change because you are grabbing information from one stakeholder and passing it on to the next stakeholder. And 
what happened um, for, for me kind of shifting into B Arc, which was almost the same um, situation just 10 years later from business analyst was they were starting to look at capabilities. So um, a big utility I was working with was a major project, um, you know, literally thousands of people affected. And the shift from um, kind of process-driven organizations and moving into capability modeling just to be more sustainable considering the size of the organization, we were kind of said, uh, hey, which who wants to learn about business architecture and enterprise architecture? And being a, a lifelong learner, I like putting my hand up um, and try, try new things, you know. So um, like I said, it was probably about 10, 11 years ago uh, that they started moving to capability modeling. And it just made sense. All of it made sense, you know, because processes are around how we do things and that changes continuously whereas capabilities fundamentally what do we do as a business and being able to design that from the beginning and being able to see that picture um, rather than just you know being in the trenches and not have any strategic influence um, kind of just it was such an aha moment for me so yeah, it was really hard when you try um, kind of pass that on to the next um, business area that you're working in. And over the years, I've learned how to bring the two together, even if the business is not ready. Um, it, it can be challenging, but the minute I went through that initial training on architecting the organization, um, yeah, it, it was no going back from there, <laughs> from nice. my side. Hmm. Nice, fantastic. So what, uh, what are some steps that, say, business analysts could take if they wanted to enter the business architecture field? And, and do you recommend a certain number of years that a BA should be, uh, you know, become a BA before they move into business architecture? Well, I think the, the primary thing for any business analyst who's interested in the role um, or in the profession should I say because you don't necessarily have to have the job title um, you have to be a big picture thinker uh, and I have seen business analysts who don't have the competency to do that and so you know, you have to do a little bit of self-discovery in saying, can I see the big picture? Can I see the consequences of having put in these requirements into this system? What will happen to the other system that we recently integrated with? And I'm just using systems, but it's not just systems. It's understanding the roles of individuals. It's understanding mm. the strategy of the organization. So if you have the capacity, and, and there are some tests that you can do, and you can, you know, um, even if you just do a, a Myers-Briggs type of test, um, if you have the capacity, then you can start exploring the, you, you know, the profession. Uh, because... If you can understand that now I have had people I've, I've trained that don't have the capacity and so the, their frustration is they don't understand architecture mm -hmm. and that is frustrating for both 
you know, myself and the person that's going through that. So that's the step one. If you're a BA and you have been in projects and you've gone, oh, if only they did this first, um, then you're probably a good candidate. Um, but if you're a BA who wants to know the, the details of the data migration um, and you want to know, you know, which data sets you'll be using and you go into that level of detail, it's probably not the right role for you probably look at something that's more kind of functionally focused rather than strategically focused so my tip is make sure you're the right profile number one and secondly start exploring the profession because you can you can align it with your current role um, it takes a little bit of work but you can start learning and applying it earlier than later yeah, I think finding one's path is definitely good. What your strengths are, you know, expand those. Mm -hmm. Can you explain? Yeah. Can you explain a bit about? You talked a bit about business capability. So let's talk a bit more about business capabilities and value streams. I mean, what do mm -hmm. these? What do these both encompass? So, business architecture has some challenging words, and um, we really need to understand that the language, the rhetoric, the discourse is key in understanding business architecture. So firstly, capabilities is not about people's ability to do something. Mm. Um, so it's not a competency. It's a capability of an organization. So what does a business do? So for instance, if uh, we talk about FedEx, FedEx delivers to customers. Um, now, I'm, I'm really dumbing it down. <laughs> there are a few more things that they do. But fundamentally, if you think of the brand and you think of what they do, that doesn't change. How they do it might change over a period of time. Um, they might start digitizing, automating. Um, so how they do it changes. Let's look at Kodak, for instance. Kodak has always been a company that focuses on, you know, taking photos. It's a bit also a simplified version. Um, but they, if you look at how they manage the transition um, into digital um, photography and digital tools, as we know, the Kodak moment had quite a significant impact on the organization. Now, as a business architect, you should be able to identify what are the capabilities of this organization and what would be the impact of change on those capabilities, such as your Kodak moments, you know, how would, how would that affect the organization? And another simple way to understand this is if you were building a house, would you bring a builder in and say, I want to um, chop down this wall and put a, a bathroom in here mm. um, without having any kind of design? Mm. Um, and yet we do that in organizations all the time. So, you know, we, we want to understand the, the core foundational building blocks of what our business does. How do we put it together? So we know in different rooms in our house what that room's purpose is, what it does, you know, where do we find uh, the different um, plumbing and, mm -hmm. and, and, and architecture. So, so 
capabilities is a foundational piece of business architecture. It's the blueprint of what we do as an organization. And if as an organization, we don't know what that is, um, you can see it will be challenging trying to change it um, or change how your business functions. Um, it's not particular to a particular um, business unit. So what we do as a company, it doesn't matter who's doing it. Um, it's standardized. It's something that we do and we have standards for it. Value streams on the other side are around how do we develop develop value so answering the why of our organization why do we provide a um, digital photographing solution for our customers why do we deliver these parcels why you know so when we talk about value streams we look at the the motivation behind what we do as a business so and create that set. Now it's not a process. Um, and I do know the difference. The two can work together, but they're quite different because a value stream is around what are the key things that we need to be able to do um, to deliver to a certain stakeholder or a value um, to the organization. And so that really helps direct our strategic understanding or strategic goals for our organizations. The one is having the foundation and the next is looking at, okay, well, what do we want to achieve from this? What are our um, value streams? So there is a little bit of language to, to learn when going into business architecture and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, it probably took me about a month just to understand the words, like truly understand. I don't mean, yeah. you know, just overarchingly understand I mean to get it to go oh okay yes all right I understand exactly what you yeah. mean um, from that mm. yeah it's always a learning curve I like this concept that visual concept of the foundation and building the house and you don't want to take out this wall or that wall or add this or that without talking to people about it and planning <laughs> Yeah, well, good. you know, a simple story is if we mimicked what we do as business analysts. So let's say we go and we talk to everybody who lives in the house. Okay. So you've got a daughter, you've got a son, you've got mom and dad, and maybe Gran has a, a spot to stay as well. And you said, what would you like in the house? Yeah, you know, a user story. And Grand said, I want a toilet. And daughter said, I want a toilet. And dad says, I want a toilet. And mom says, I want a toilet. And son says, I want a toilet. We would have five toilets in the house. Mm. And this is what we do in business, which, you know, because we haven't brought it all together in terms of what is it that we, we want to achieve, mm -hmm. we end up duplicating our efforts. Yeah. And so, you know, we wouldn't do it in practical real life where we are building our house. We would, we'd look at it and go, we don't need five toilets. We maybe need two. Um, but somehow in our virtual business world, um, that kind of gets missed along the way. And this is where architecture can really help solve some of those problems that we experience. Very nice. On the subject of uh, also business architecture, core competencies, what are some core competencies of business architecture? 
So as I mentioned, your big picture thinking. So being able to not only understand what people are saying, but being able to visualize it in a way that they recognize what is what is it? What mm-hmm. are these um, kind of building blocks that we are we have in our organization? Um, as with business analysts as well, you have to have great communication skills. You've got to be able to listen and pull out from um, the other person what is happening. And and like I say, if you were playing the role of a of an architect building a house. Um, you would be doing these things anyway. You'd want to mm. discover what are they looking for? What is their experience? But you'd also do a bit of homework. You know how a building code works. You know mm. um, what the structure is behind it. You know what the pos- possibilities are or aren't. Um, so that needs to, if you mimic that profile, you can get a good understanding of what you're doing. And if you come from a business analyst perspective, mm. so from that frame, um, business analysts have good understanding of how businesses operate because they've had to deal with so many stakeholders for so many years and cross-link with, um, with your systems and your technologies just by virtue of the role, not necessarily because it's their interest. Mm. Um, so it's now just taking that and putting it into some kind of, I don't want to simplify it by saying visual, but being able to, you know, take that understanding and putting it into something useful and forward thinking, not necessarily at the end of the cliff, kind of starting at the beginning. Nice. What are what are some tools and techniques that business architects use? Well, you can you can do the very basics. So you can. Um, you know, fundamentally use Excel spreadsheets and Lucid chart and various, you know, visualization, mind maps and, and so forth. Um, but there are there are providers that do it. Um, I don't personally sell any of the products, but um, so I I'm not trying to say, but um, RS Software, Fios, um, Insights, um, there's some really good software um, I think there's another one um, that I've recently had a look at. So there are some tools that are particularly designed around your BizBoc methodologies. And remember, business architecture forms is often part of enterprise architecture. And there are about four or five different types of frameworks of enterprise architecture. So um, there's levels of complexities there. So it depends um, if you under a methodology, a particular methodology, like let's say you're in a TOGA framework, you might be in a a Zachman framework, um, then your tools and and techniques Mm. would be slightly different. If you work in purely as a business architect, then you would go for more, of the other tools and lead the enterprise um, structure rather than kind of falling under it. So there are some challenges in terms of tools and understanding the frameworks that the organizations are using, but it's the same with Agile, for instance. You can use SAFE, you can use um, Kanban, you can use, what is the other one? Uh, <laughs> Scrum. Scrum. Scrum, that's yeah, it. Yeah. So, so 
there are multiple different ways you can be agile. And similarly, because business architecture is a profession, there are multiple methodologies you can use um, as a business architect. Um, business analysts, for instance, you can go into a field where it's very um, waterfall predictive methodologies are being used, but that doesn't mean you're not a business analyst. Um, it means that you need to know the profession. So in terms of tools and techniques, it's understanding number one, what framework you are positioned in. But if you don't have any frameworks and you are exploring the field, then my advice is to contact these guys because they do let people have free trials and um, have a look or just start with the basics. Just start with a couple of diagrams. There's lots of reference models in your um, biz book where you can start to look at how you would visualize it and present it. In fact, most business architects do that. They start drawing. Um, start somewhere and, and then take it to the business that way. It kind of seems to happen backwards. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they need to draw it and design it kind of uh, trumps yeah. <laughs> the rest of the approval process. Sounds like, sounds like re-engineering going backwards. Yes. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. How can, how can business architects help? How can we help to better uh, lead change in organizations? Well, um, as I mentioned, this example with, you know, you building the house, um, it, it makes sense to have some form of design um, done first, because if we were just to chop and, you know, and change as we go through, our house is really going to look horrible. Mm, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just not going to look good. And unfortunately, we because of the rate of change in organizations, that is what's happened. You know, we suddenly need another, another bathroom or another toilet or another kitchen. And um, that gets clipped on and then it doesn't quite work mm. and then there isn't enough resources to manage. So businesses could really benefit from having some kind of understanding of how this all is working and when they do do change or have initiatives what the common impact is you know so what will what's the result of you making that decision um, now obviously it's not a perfect science but it's still better than chopping and changing um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of managing that yeah, hmm. Certainly, yeah, it's better to have a plan. Can business architects provide better governance for their organizations? And if so, how can we do that? I feel yes. Um, obviously, everyone has their own opinions. So I'll just share mine. <laughs> um, well, fundamentally, if you have a capability, and, and let's use a basic story. Let's say your capability is to um, respond to customer queries. And let's say you work in an organization that has 3,000 staff. Now, do they all do it differently? So if I phone, you know, one division or one business unit, um, how are they responding to me as a customer versus a different business unit? Um, and so how do you provide a service to a customer 
that is consistent, that is repeatable, that um, has some form of standards associated with it. So if we focus on our capabilities and we say, it doesn't matter what department you're working in, um, this is what we as a business deliver to our customer. This is mm. what we do. This is how we break this down. This is the value that that customer derives out of this particular area of our business. So it can really help businesses focus on not only which areas they potentially are performing poorly in, how many people are involved, but also stop them from having these little projects all over the place <laughs> that yeah. never quite marry. You know, there's, there's yeah. all these little bits and pieces working. So, so that's a real benefit for an organization. Um, the, the challenge with organizations is they're not sure what it is. So they get afraid of even, you know, kind of dipping their toe in the water. Um, so it's changing. It definitely is changing. I mean, from our, our side, banks are already adopting it now. And I always say when the banks adopt it, they're oh, the yeah. ones with the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good it's a good position to be in. So I hope I answered your question there. No, yeah, it did very much so. Mm. Now, I'm, al I'm also curious, actually, maybe you can give us an idea of some of the services that Agora Insight provides. Mm. Well, my focus has been, you know, I've been working kind of in the trenches for, for quite some time. And what I noticed was, you know, you're working with BAs and, and BRs of all different levels. And by the way, I forgot to mention that 60% of BRs were once BAs. So mm -hmm. it's a significant role change, which is why I've brought those two together as kind of like in a in a niche type of segment um, so my goal was to try create this group of people that had um, the same understanding the same level of um, qualifications because when you're in the trenches um, you have strong people and you have not so strong people. You have very opinionated people mm. who aren't necessarily educated in, you know, understanding some of the subtleties of the profession. And for me, it, it wasn't about equalizing. It was more around us coming together as a group, as a team, as, um, you know, saying this is what we stand for, um, because otherwise it feels like we're all in this race and we're just random people that, you know, are throwing the ball in different directions. Uh, so my goal for Agora was to provide that standard and to connect people in almost like this is how we would do it. This is how it. So and, and look at, I mean, from a corporate perspective, look at bringing those teams kind of all at that same level. So right. it's almost like that coaching, mentoring type mm. of approach. And then looking at building the confidence through competence. Mm. So the confidence for most BAs actually, which is ironic, comes from being certified. Mm. Um, and most people after they got certified say, not only did we learn a lot, but we feel like we can actually do a better job at work. And so even if you don't 
um, follow anything that you've learned. You've, you walk away the confidence, confidence to know you've made the right decision. So that's kind of where we focused is skills-based training, um, mentoring and coaching um, to build the profession of both business analysis and business architecture. Fascinating, well articulated. How, how can, if anyone from the audience wants to get in touch with you, how can they do so? There's two primary ways. I'm a LinkedIn person, so I have it on my device. And obviously, if you connect with me via LinkedIn, then a message is, is the quickest way to get in touch. And then the next is via the website, because you will at least be able to see the mm. different, you can, you know, get some FAQs and that. So agorainsights.com. Um, and that's fundamentally um, the, the two areas. So I'm very busy in, in those two areas. Um, I'm not the best at email, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but, you know, so if, you, if you're really keen on getting hold of me. And by the way, Agora is actually from ancient Greece. Oh, um, okay. It means, uh, well, Agora was the marketplace um, in, in ancient um, Athens. And so that was where philosophers and um, different people met. So business people, just general community. And so I just thought it was a nice way to describe what we do as, as analysts and architects coming together and kind of bringing all of those strange pieces together. Nice. I like that. It's sort of this holistic all coming together. Very nice. Very well said. All right. Well, I, I actually thank you very much. This has been very, very informative. This has been very, actually, you are extremely articulate. And uh, I just like sitting back and listening to you. Wow, this is just knowledge <laughs> seeping out. So it's hmm. certainly it's certainly a, a motivation for people to sign up for the Gore if they want to, or alternatively, just to to uh, to take by you know to take insight into what you've said. So, so thank you for thank you for being on the show. It's been fantastic. Thank you, and thanks for the invite again. I really appreciate it, and it's it's wonderful having this platform to be able to meet people from all over the world and share our very similar stories. Yes, no, it very much is, and you know, the more the more you realize, the more you listen to the videos, the more you realize we're really all more the same than we are different, right? Absolutely, so. absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> Well, have yourself a great day and uh, hey, come back anytime. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. You're welcome. Bye. You too.